You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Are the walls closing in for movie star Alec Baldwin? Is his gun lie? as some portray it, falling apart. Remember when the shooting occurred on the set of Rust? He insisted he never pulled the trigger. Well, the FBI says something entirely different. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. A brand new FBI report has come out, a ballistics analysis. What does it say and what does it mean? First of all, take a listen to this. Tonight, an FBI analysis revealing new details about the investigation into the deadly shooting on the set of the movie Rust. After testing the firearm, the FBI concluding the gun, quote, could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger. Baldwin adamant he never pulled the trigger. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. But tonight, the FBI contradicting that account, authorities contending testing showing the trigger had to have been pulled. You are hearing our friend Will Carr at ABC, and you heard Alec Baldwin speaking there, and that is precisely why we have the Fifth Amendment, the right to remain silent. Now... <laughs> The Constitution protects us all, including Alec Baldwin, from undue force by police or the state to make you utter a statement. 
It does not protect you from mouthing off to ABC. Now, take a listen now to our friends at GMA. This has been a question now for months. Was the trigger pulled in this fatal shooting? Well, Alec Baldwin says no. FBI says yes. This morning, a new FBI analysis contradicting Alec Baldwin's account of the deadly shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust, one of the FBI's key findings. After testing the firearm, the FBI concluding in a new report, the gun, quote, could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger. Two things that stand out in these multiple FBI reports, really. Number one, they basically conclude that uh, they contradict really this report that Baldwin's claim that he did not pull the trigger of the gun that killed Helena Hutchins. Number, number two, uh, the FBI did some fingerprint and DNA analysis and tests on the gun, the casings, the ammunition box, and basically it revealed that there were no surprise mystery individuals, meaning there was no evidence that anyone other than those directly involved tampered with the gun or ammunition. That's important. You're also hearing our friends at Fox News. So what does it all mean? You know, when you get a report, a scientific report from the crime lab, uh, whether it's about DNA, fiber evidence, blood evidence, or ballistics evidence, they're really hard to read. Uh, like I did with medical examiners, when they would see my beat-up Honda coming their way, they'd hide under the table because they, they knew they were in for a grilling not in an angry or hostile way, but to understand what each and every line means. It's literally a scientific report. The same thing goes for ballistics. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. And what does this FBI report mean for movie star Alec Baldwin? To Dave Matt, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, what do you know about the report? What we know is that the FBI did intense investigation into this gun, Nancy. They test-fired it. The FBI worked through everything they could with this gun and determined that the only way this gun would be fired, could be fired, was if the trigger was pulled. I'm just soaking in everything you said because of what we've got here, uh, Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, star of a brand new hit series on iHeart called Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan. Joe Scott, I hear everything that Dave Mack just said. I know that he's correct, but I am a JD, basically a trial lawyer. Break it down for me and try not to use any medical terms or any Latin phrases. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. I'll be, and do no my condescending best. laughter. Go ahead. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this particular case. Those of us that don't know what you're talking about don't like okay. it when you have that condescending laughter. Okay, go uh, ahead. Yeah, all right. Okay. The, the weapon was collected from the scene in New Mexico and it was not tested. Uh, by the state crime lab hmm. in New Mexico. It was sent to Quantico, Nancy. You know what? That just gives me a chill down my spine when I hear Quantico because that's yeah. where business goes down, let me tell you. And what kind yeah, of a does. weapon is it, Joe Scott? Well, it's a forty-five caliber mm-hmm. uh, revolver, and it's a single-action revolver. And if folks at home will just think about uh, Westerns, all right? This was a Western they were filming, mm-hmm. so you're going to use weapons that uh, marry up to that. Now, this is what's referred to as a reproduction weapon, but it's still functional. 
and this weapon fired 45 caliber uh, ammunition. It's a uh, Colt Long, I believe, if that uh, if memory serves me correctly. And so this weapon was actually sent to Quantico for their ballistics people to take a look at. And when you get into the ballistics lab, which is absolutely fascinating in in our world and forensics, there's only one thing I love more than going to the morgue, Jackie, to talk to the medical examiner, and that's the ballistics. Uh, division of the crime lab. It's you're right, Joe Scott. It's amazing. It is. It's fascinating. Uh, and the ones I've been in, walls and walls of weapons, and it's it's pretty incredible. They have a huge database. But for the specific testing for this weapon, mm-hmm. uh, if you think about a big ex- what's called an external hammer, which is this large hammer on the back, you have to actually actuate the the hammer. That means pull it back. And this particular weapon. I believe, has three separate settings. You have what's called quarter cock, which means just slightly back. Wait, for those of people that don't know what the hammer mm-hmm. is, yeah. okay, could you describe that, please? Yeah, it's it's actually functioned. It is used, you can actuate it by using your thumb. You mean it's the thing on top of the gun? It is. And so when it. you pull the trigger, the hammer goes forward, all right, and it strikes it strikes the pin, and that actually initiates the blast of the weapon. That's This process has to go on, and so when they're testing this... So when you pull the trigger, you bring down the hammer. You do, but the weapon has to be cocked first. And by cocked, you mean pull the hammer back. It has to be pulled back, and not just simply... You can't just pull the trigger with this weapon. It's a single action, which means you have to, there's a couple of moves. You have to pull back the hammer specifically and then pull the trigger. So you've got, yeah, all the way. I'm writing this down. I I heard Dale Carson, uh, a high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville, also former fed with the FBI. We also have Steve Wolf, weapons safety for film expert, uh, years producing TV and film. We're all weighing in on this. Me, last of all, since I'm the least experienced compared to you guys, but I heard Dale Carson jump in and he's right, Joe Scott. You have to pull the hammer back all the way on this weapon. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, when you begin to think about this from just a, a basic mechanics standpoint it requires multiple actions it's not just a matter of drawing the weapon which he used what's called a cross draw where the weapon is actually holstered on his left side he's right-handed reaches across his body pulls it out so in this action he's pulling it out and apparently cocking the hammer at the same time that means pulling it all the way back and then he has to pull the trigger and when they did the testing Nancy Mm -hmm. At Quantico, one of the things that they found is that they do what's called a drop test, where if you cock it all the way back and you drop the weapon, a weapon doesn't fire on its own. You have to pull the trigger. So there's no, they found that there was no defect in the weapon is what it comes down to. I'm now going to go to Steve Wolf, weapons safety for film expert. 30 years producing TV and film. He is the CEO of TeamWildfire.com. Steve Wolf, I imagine this FBI report has shaken the prop community to its core with the reality of what can go wrong on a set. Jump in, Steve. We need you now. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, nobody was shaken to the core. I was. To think of an innocent mother, wife, just standing there doing her job, gets shot by what should have been a prop gun on a set. 
Right. You know, when I come to the studio every day, I don't think Jackie's going to pull a gun on me, I hope. Yeah. So here she is getting ready that afternoon to go home to her husband and her child, and bam, she's lying on the floor bleeding out. So that was pretty disturbing to me. Well, it is disturbing, but the disturbing actions were not as a result of the FBI report. The FBI report really confirmed that... It was a, a real gun, and it was a working gun in working condition, and that the gun did not malfunction. The, the malfunction, you know, was the loose nut behind the grip, uh, Mr. Baldwin. Um, and, you, you know, you don't point guns at people unless you want to hurt them, and you don't put live ammo in guns. You don't hire an armorer to make sure that your gun is safe and then send them away to go do something else while you play with the guns. This is this is what happened, and, and it's... You know, it, it, it was not the fault of the gun. Um, one thing that's been overlooked, though, in, the, in, in discussing the way this single action gun works that nobody has mentioned is that the, the traditional way to fire a single action revolver is that you cock the hammer with your thumb and then you press the trigger with your forefinger. However, it does not have to be done in that order. And this is what I think led to this accident. You can press the trigger and then pull the hammer back and release it, and the gun will also fire if you are continuing to maintain pressure on the trigger. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy.
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys with me, uh, in addition to Dr. Angela Arnold, Joe Scott Morgan, Dale Carson, with us, a weapons safety expert, uh, film expert at TeamWildfire.com. Steve, would you mind saying that last part? Absolutely. One, one more time. You said, and say it very slowly for gun dummies like myself, you said the traditional way to shoot a weapon like a forty five caliber single action Colt long is to cock the hammer, pull the hammer back on top with your thumb, and then fire, I believe you said, with your forefinger or your index finger. Traditionally, first you would pull the hammer back, mm-hmm. and then you would press the trigger, right. and the gun would, would discharge as it is designed to do. Correct. However, if in the course of grasping the gun, mm-hmm. you are applying pressure to the trigger, and you maintain that pressure on the trigger, and simultaneously pull the hammer back, and then release it, the gun will fire because the sear will not engage and hold the hammer back if your finger is on the trigger. So as opposed to the traditional way of firing, you can also simultaneously pull the trigger and pull back the hammer at the same time, and that is good or bad? It's neither good or bad, but it would explain how the gun could fire without Mr. Baldwin having been aware of intentionally pressing the trigger. Ah, okay. Because when he thinks of pressing the trigger, he means I cocked the gun and then I I pressed the trigger or I didn't press the trigger. But if he was maintaining continuous pressure on the trigger Uh by the way he held the gun and then he pulled the hammer back and released it, the gun would discharge because the trigger was continuously depressed. I got it. I got it that time. Dale Carson with me, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville, former Fed with the FBI as an agent and author of Arrest Proof Yourself. He's at DaleCarsonLaw.com. Dale, you know, uh, in the district attorney's office where I prosecuted for uh, over a decade, we had to take continual gun practice multiple times a year because assistant DAs were licensed to carry a gun and effect arrests. I, however, did not carry a gun for any of those years, uh, being a gun violence victim, but my investigator did. Anyway, during all that time, Dale Carson, I never really, while well, I practice at the range a lot, I never really understood the intricacies that we're talking about today unless it was part of a case I was prosecuting. I've never had this specific issue come up where you know the trigger person the trigger person says, yes, I had the gun in my hand at the time of the fatal shooting, but I didn't pull the trigger. Okay. That reminds me, who was it, Jackie? Sydney, was it Lindsay Lohan that said, yes, that's, that's cocaine in the pocket, but those weren't my pants I had on. Okay. So how do you say that? Yes, I had the gun in my hand, but I didn't pull the trigger. Was it Lindsay Lohan? Poor thing. Now she's all grown up and happy and leading a normal life, and I had to go bring up the cocaine in her pants. So, Dale Carson, what do you make of it? Well, I, your expert is absolutely right. 
those guns are unusual today because when you pull, press the trigger and it's back. Yes. You do what the cowboys always did, which was fanning the pistol. Okay, see, wait, there you go. There you go with a gun phrase. What's fanning the uh, pistol? What, you're waving it around like a fan? No, I'm sorry. You hold it in your hand and with your other hand, your opposite hand, you strike the hammer all the way back and let it go. Oh, yeah, like that. Okay, so yeah. Two fanning. And And I will simply tell you that Baldwin's problem is that he runs his mouth too much. As you mentioned early on in the show, <laughs> you can't be talking to the press. Well, speaking of incessant talking, take a listen to Phil Lipoff at GMA. Baldwin adamant he never pulled the trigger. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. But this morning, the FBI contending their testing shows the trigger must have been pulled. Authorities saying, based on all available information, including the absence of obvious intent to cause harm or death, the manner of death is best classified as accident. Your gun experts will basically tell you, and, and, and Alec Baldwin is not a stranger to guns, he's done a lot of movies uh, with guns in them, that even though, let's say I'm the armorer and I hand you the weapon and I tell you this is a, a cold gun, it's not loaded, it's your responsibility, most experts say, that you check the gun and that you should not point it at someone, let alone keeping your finger on the trigger when it's not necessary. This is rehearsal, remember. Uh, so all those things can add up to potential uh, liability on the part of the actor. Uh, but again, it's going to be up to the DA to determine uh, those factors as well as this new FBI report that claims that the gun could not have, quote, accidentally misfired, if you will, that you had to pull the trigger for uh, basically the, 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 the trigger to hit the bullet and the bullet to fire. You're hearing also William LaGenesi at Fox News talking about the intricacies of the gun and what would, what would be required to pull the trigger. You're also hearing Alec Baldwin saying, I didn't pull the trigger. This is what he says happens. Take a listen to our friends at GMA. In December, Alec Baldwin describing the moment of that fatal accident. She's guiding me through how she wants me to hold the gun for this angle. And I, I draw the gun out and I find a mark. So I take the gun and I start to cock the gun. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I, I said, do you see that? She goes, well, just cheat it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. <sighs> Alec Baldwin uh, talks and acts for a living, maybe talking too much. You know, to Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction. You can find her at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Dr. Angie, you heard earlier Steve Wolf, uh, the weapon safety for film expert at TeamWildfire.com. He said that there was no gun malfunction, that the, the trigger had to have been pulled, which is an intentional act. Unless you're acting really recklessly or negligently. I mean, it would be a cold day in H-E-double-L before I pointed a weapon at anyone, even if I thought all the chambers were empty. Oh, I agree with you, Nancy. And you're taught that. If, you, if anyone's ever gone to a gun range, 
Oh my gosh, I imagine Alec Baldwin has been taught how to deal with a gun. And it's it's very reckless behavior that he that he pulled the trigger and shot this girl. Or what Steve Wolf said, simultaneously had the hammer down and pulled the trigger at the same time. Yeah. One of those two. Go ahead, I'm sorry. What I was going to say is, Nancy, do you know what the number one, the most common motive for telling a lie is? No. To avoid punishment. I think we all ought to think about that and just let it sink in. The number one motive for telling a lie is to avoid punishment. How do you know that? I read about it. It's punishment, fear of punishment. Mm -hmm. To avoid punishment. Interesting, Dr. Mm -hmm. Angie. Very interesting. And your experience, you know, Dr. Angela Arnold, uh, let me give you a good example. People, court watchers, legal eagles, believe that Orenthal James Simpson, O.J. Simpson, told the same lie so many times that he actually started believing it. I've never accepted that theory. I think you know inside what really happened. Is there a chance that as he replays this in his mind, Baldwin actually thinks he didn't pull the trigger? I think there's a slight chance of that. None of us are ever going to know because... He's, he's not going to come forward with that information, just like O.J. Simpson would never come forward with that information. I'll tell you another instance when this happens, Nancy, when when people have affairs and, and they never tell the truth. There are there are there are lots of instances when people lie and lie and lie. They know what the truth is underneath all of this. And it looks like they believe, it it certainly looks like they believe that lie. But I agree with you, Nancy. I don't think that there's any way, unless they're psychotic, that they start to actually believe that what they're saying is truth. I think sometimes that they think in their minds they've covered all their bases and they get actually indignant that you are not going along with their big fat lie. Or in his mind, he may think, well, I didn't mean to pull the trigger. I never intended to pull the trigger. So surely I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, but the FBI is something is saying something entirely different. Well, this is how it all started. Take a listen to the 911 call from our friends at GMA. Had two people accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. The Santa Fe County District Attorney saying nothing is off the table. There's no evidence that this was intentional. This was clearly an accident, but perhaps a criminal accident. Just because something is an accident doesn't mean that a criminal act didn't occur. To Dale Carson, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville and former Fed with the FBI, Dale, that's why we have statutes such as vehicular homicide, where you have a crash, you didn't mean to have a crash, but you kill somebody. That's vehicular homicide. I think of this as... And there's also, however, that's negligent homicide, which is a, more of a voluntary manslaughter, but there's also abandoned and malignant heart. Which means, for instance, this is the example I would give a jury, Dale. I would say... And it um, could be used against him. Yes. For instance, you drive your car at 90 MPH into a street fair. You don't even know anybody you mow down. But you're, uh, you have, your heart is abandoned toward the suffering or the risk of injury up to other people. And pointing a gun at someone, a real gun with real bullets in it, is an abandoned malignant heart. That is a murder. 
charge right there. Well, I don't in- intend to defend Alex Baldwin, but your expert Wolf has got it. And But let me explain it just a little bit more. When you pick up a handgun and you pull the hammer back, your hand naturally presses the trigger. That's called negligence. And when that hand presses the trigger just unintentionally, the hammer comes back and it goes forward and fires. And that's why so many children are killed with these handguns that have a, a semi-automatic handguns that mm-hmm. have a very light three-pound trigger pull. They can grab that gun and their hands naturally fit around it and fire. But these guns have to be cocked so they're safer. And if you know anything about guns, you never, I carried a gun since 1972 every day. And they're dangerous. They will hurt the people you care about if you're not really gun conscious. You know, to Steve Wolf joining me from TeamWildfire.com. He's a weapons safety for film expert. Steve, for those that don't know what a trigger pull is, what is it? Simply. Well, first of all, it's that's the widely used and incorrect term for activating the trigger. Triggers are actually pressed, not pulled. Uh, you press the trigger. Um, but, but what it means is to apply pressure to the trigger, trigger to the degree that the trigger moves and activates the linkages inside the gun that release the sear and allow the hammer to fall. When we say three pounds, trigger pull, what does that mean versus... Just like when you press on a doorbell and then the doorbell rings. You know, if you leaned against the doorbell and it rings, do you then say, oh, I didn't press the doorbell? You know, you still caused it to be pressed whether you intended to or not. And the doorbell rang. That's a really good comparison. Uh, As far as the weight of a trigger pull, if you say, it's got a 10-pound trigger pull, that means it takes 10 pounds of effort it's the only way I can explain it versus three pounds or one pound trigger pull. That's exactly correct. Okay. And I know you're saying that's not the correct um, verbiage, but I think it's a familiar vernacular to say the weight of the trigger pull because you got a 10 pound trigger pull. It's a lot harder to pull that trigger, which would indicate more a forethought because you have to really pull. Guys, You're hearing Alec Baldwin say, I didn't pull the trigger. Well, that is not what the FBI is saying. Take a listen to our friends at GMA. An FBI lab report concluding that of the four people they tested, the only prints that were found on the ammunition box were from two of rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez Reed's fingers. Back in April, authorities released this video of Baldwin being questioned and the moment he is told that Hutchins was dead. I do have some very unfortunate news to tell you. Um, she didn't make it. The bottom line right now is the medical examiner is calling Hutchins' death an accident. The question now is, will the FBI reports lead to maybe criminal charges against Baldwin? It could be something like negligence or even involuntary manslaughter. That will now be up to the Santa Fe District Attorney. In addition to our friends at GMA, you just heard William Wajanes at Fox News speaking so I'm trying to figure out, Dave Mack joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Dave, uh, the FBI has concluded that with the hammer at a full cock position, the revolver could not fire without a pull of the trigger. I can't put it any more simply than that. Now, Baldwin's team is saying that is a misstatement. Um, but what will it take for the DA to get off the dime 
and make some kind of a resolution in this case, either drop it or move forward. Right now, the DA is waiting on a couple more reports. Really? What? You got a crime lab report for Quantico? What's he waiting on? My understanding is the DA is waiting for the uh, sheriff's department to come back with their full report. They've had three reports so far, and I think they're waiting for one more report and uh, that will kind of put a bow on it. They've already determined that the shooting was accidental, but determining what, if any, crime occurred is what they're trying to determine, mm-hmm. and that should be done fairly quickly, Nancy. Like what they're going to present to the grand jury, if anything. Well, you've heard Alec Baldwin speaking out and speaking out and speaking out, and remember, this is not under police questioning, investigatory questioning at all. He's speaking of his own volition. Now, here he is at the Chris Cuomo project. What is he saying? Every single person on the set of the film knows what happened. And the people that are talking loudest about what happened or speculating about what happened were not on the set of the film. The LA Times, the Hollywood Reporter, they talk on and on and on about what if this and what if that and have dined out on this. And uh, uh, the thing that they have in common is nobody was there. And everybody who was there, they know exactly what happened. They know exactly who's to blame, blah, blah, blah. Well, speaking of, talk on and on and on. Whew. Okay. That's Alec Baldwin speaking out again. But take a listen now. He's saying no one on the set is speaking out. That it's all the Hollywood Reporter and the L.A. Times and the media who were not obviously on the set. Take a listen to Tina Patel The armorer on the set of the ill-fated Rust movie is speaking out after a court filing by actor Alec Baldwin. In his claim, Baldwin says Hutchins told him to, quote, cock the gun. Rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez responded, saying she was never called to inspect a gun, as was protocol. She issued a statement saying, quote, Mr. Baldwin knew that he could never point a firearm at crew members under any circumstances and had a duty of safety to his fellow crew members, yet he did point the gun at Helena before the fatal incident against all rules and common sense. To Steve Wolf joining us, he is the weapons safety for film expert. Steve, it sounds like a lot of finger point to me. Baldwin saying I didn't pull the trigger. The armorer who is in charge of weapons on a set is saying he knew better. I find it really hard to believe that uh, Helena Hutchins told him to cut the gun. And of course, she can't be cross-examined. She's dead. What do you make of this? I, I think she may have. Uh, if, if she believed that it was a cold gun and she was trying to line up her shot, she was. Uh, it's credible that she was coaching him in what position the gun should be held in order for the shot to be, you know, what she, what she visualized. But what does that have to do with anything, Steve? I don't get it. Why does the position, your point, how you're pointing the gun have to do with cocking the gun? Yeah, it, as you said, we can't know what he was told to do, uh, but... If someone tells you to do something that's unsafe, you use your judgment and you don't do it. Or, or you say, you tell Helena, look, if you want the gun pointed at the camera, okay, step away from the camera and then I'll point it and you can watch on the monitor and see if, if that's the shot that you want. But you don't point the gun when there's a person in front of you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, It can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, Dr. Angie Arnold, uh, we need a psychiatrist. There's no way that Alec Baldwin does not know about the Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. Why is he continually going on air and speaking? Well, Nancy, I feel like he, I don't know Alec Baldwin, but seems like this is indicative of someone who is very entitled and may think that he's a little bit better than everyone and knows and he's above the law and somehow it's not it's not um sinking in his brain that he did something wrong and he should keep his mouth shut and in my world that means that you're very entitled maybe he's a bit of a narcissist and i know i use that word a lot but it's but it's it's a good word that describes behavior like this he is an incredible actor. There's no doubt about that. Yes, he but is. We have a dead body, not just a dead body, a dead mother, a child growing out without, without the mom for the rest of his life, a life sentence. So here is Baldwin. You just heard him talking about the media going on and on. His words, not mine. 
And here he is going on and on on the Chris Cuomo project. You're familiar with what fanning a gun is. Have you heard of that phrase, fanning a gun? Yes, but explain So if you pull the hammer back and you don't lock the hammer, if you pull the hammer back pretty far, in old Western movies, you'd see someone fan the hammer of the gun. The hammer didn't lock. You pulled it back to an extent where it would fire the bullet without you pulling the trigger, without you locking the hammer. The man who's the principal safety officer on the set of the film declared that the gun was safe when he handed it to me. The person who was the principal safety officer of the film declared in front of the entire assemblage, this is a cold gun. Okay, Steve Wolf, what did he just say? Why is he saying that? Does that help him or hurt him? Uh, It doesn't help him at all because no one can tell you that the gun in your hand is safe that matters other than you. You're the one holding the gun. It's, it's, It's your responsibility to make sure the gun is clear, not to listen to what somebody else says who may or may have not checked the gun or may or may not know what they're doing. He had an armorer available to him. They sent her off to go do something else. She's the one who could have checked the gun and actually showed him what was inside so that he would know the condition of the firearm in his hand. But when you discharge a firearm, you are responsible for the path of that bullet and all of the damage it does no one else. You know, Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, uh, and also death investigator, you have testified in front of many, many jury trials. I, I tell you, whenever I would handle a gun in front of the, a jury, I would be so careful with it because, you know, even though I checked the chamber before the jury would even come back in, I was always worried that something would go wrong. If that gun went off in the middle of a trial, Number one, it could hurt somebody. Number two, I'd have a mistrial. I'd start all over again. Plus, I didn't want to alienate jurors. So I would always, when they would come in, go pick up the gun in front of them, pull out the chamber, look in it, put the chamber back, and then hold it facing down. So the jury would not be alarmed in any way. I just find it really hard to believe that you would pull back the hammer and pull the trigger. Ever. Unless you meant to shoot somebody. Bigger question. They're playing pretend, Nancy. Who is they? Be specific, please. This is a this is a, a movie shoot. This is not real life. What in the hell are you doing with live ammunition? Oh, I'm glad you said that. That leads me to our cut twenty seven. This is Alec Baldwin again talking on the Chris Cuomo project. Listen. Now why did he say that? If he didn't know, if he hadn't checked. The point is, all of us were told that everything was cool and you can relax and we're working with a gun that's safe to rehearse with. But he explained it to me effectively that that's exactly what can happen if you pull a hammer back and let it go. If there's a live round. See, there's only one question to ask here. Who put a live round in the gun? That's it. There is no other question to ask. Okay. (laughs) Yes, there is. And that is who pulled the trigger Well, of course, the spokespeople for Baldwin is telling all the media how they're misinterpreting this brand new FBI ballistics report. Good luck telling the FBI they're wrong. Okay, take a listen to our cut 34, our friends at Fox News. The spokesman for Baldwin has already said that that the media is misinterpreting the report, right? That, That we're getting it wrong. But the second part is they do point out that this gun malfunctioned during testing at the FBI. In fact, it was only actually successfully fired once. And when it did, uh, part of the trigger sear uh, basically uh, sheared off. 
and, and the firing pin hit the bullet and it fired. But they're gonna be able to look at that and go, listen, this was an unreliable weapon at the first place, and what my client said or claimed could actually be true. That's what they'll maintain. Steve Wolf, please interpret that. Well, what the FBI did ended up being destructive testing. But the tests that they did showed that the gun was, in fact, working properly. It did not malfunction. It did not fire other than when the trigger was pressed, as would be expected. Uh, the, the FBI's testing was a little heavy-handed on this old gun, and they ended up breaking it before they could further fire it. Why? Prior to having broken it, they were able to verify that the gun had been in proper working condition. Why? How do you break a gun by firing it? Well, they, they were hitting the gun uh, with a hammer to try to get the uh, hammer to go forward and were unable to. Okay, well, you know what's going to happen with that, Steve Wolf. If there ever is a trial, the defense is going to argue, well, the FBI destroyed the gun on purpose, so we couldn't test it. I can tell you that's going to happen. Well, it already was tested, and yeah. they, had already, they had already confirmed that the the safety stops worked properly on the hammer. Guys, take a listen to our friends at Inside Edition. Baldwin's lawyer says the FBI report is being misconstrued. Meanwhile, the criminal investigation by the Albuquerque DA continues. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and then the announcement's going to come about who is or isn't going to be charged. The process is slow. I am deeply, deeply, deeply resentful and bitter about how slow the process has been. The interview ends on a note of dark humor. I told people I'm going to be a greeter in Vegas any day now. I'm going to be, remember me, I was in Beetlejuice. How are you, everybody? Please, table nine, Frank, table nine. As long as you do it without a gun in your hand, we wait as justice unfolds. What will the district attorney do now, if anything, or is he simply starstruck? Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy.